0: Welcome to the Maximu Theater and Performance Podcast. This week's episode is a discussion on podcast radio plays. We're gearing up for our year end Maximu mailbag, so please send us your questions. You can find us on Twitter at M A X A M O O, on Facebook at Maximu N Y, or on email at Lindsay at com. Enjoy the show. Let's start with introductions, and then, David, you can give us a little introduction about the thing we're going to talk about does that sound okay
1: that sounds great
0: okay so this is Lindsay
2: from maximu and liz from fuck yeah great plays
1: and david from soundtrack song by song
2: all right take it away david
1: okay so uh we're doing something a little different this week which is focusing on theater of the ear uh which is uh podcast plays as Podcasts, podcasts, plays, radio, theater, however you want to think about it. And this is something that we've been actually approached a couple times about doing, and it turns out, I think in the past we thought, oh, maybe there was isn't enough, and then when we actually sat down to put this week together, we realized there's too much to cover everything in one episode. So uh, let us know what you think, and maybe we'll do this again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we, we picked, basically we each just picked a couple that we either enjoyed or were curious about, and... There's no deeper theme than that, except that they're all podcasty. Do you want me to start with the first one? Yep, go for it. Okay, so uh, the first one we'll introduce is called From Cold Lake, and this is a monthly serialized radio play uh, that is sort of like like a gentle parody of Prairie Home Companion, except that I've never actually listened to Prairie Home Companion, so I don't know how accurate that is. Except that uh, it takes place, I think, in Minnesota or somewhere with a similar accent and has uh scenes and has music and sort of gives off the vibe of what i as a jaded east coaster thinks that Prairie home companion must be like <laughs> <laughs> i don't know um,
0: that was my conclusion as well mm. so okay. again having never listened to the
1: original <laughs> <laughs> uh it was written and directed by colin Waite who um you might remember from puffs or kapawi gogo and it is it's interesting it's uh, so this they perform live at the pit and record each performance Then uh, each performance becomes uh, a podcast episode
2: i was wondering about
1: that so i don't know if you all listen to more than one uh right now it's monthly and it started in august and so there are three episodes that have been released so far and the first one where i was actually in the audience that that time uh introduces all these residents of cold lake you know and also because i just watched the gilmore girls revival i think there's also an element of of sort of midwestern gilmore girls going on where it's just this quirky town full of quirky people um who all have their town traditions and uh
2: i feel like that's something that we encounter a lot in storytelling podcasts i'm not sure why i actually made the note about cold lake but i think you're right the prairie home companion is a really good comparison but for some reason these storytelling podcasts are always like quirky little towns somewhere in the middle of nowhere like storytelling podcasts, like nightvale yeah like nightvale i even thought i mean tuna texas that the whole tuna texas trilogy if anyone knows those plays um are a couple of people in the wacky town teeny tiny town of texas and they have um I think there's three or four. And they celebrate of them. Christmas.
1: That's all I know. Yes,
2: yeah, and Fourth of July. They do red, white, oh, and yeah. tuna as well. But what is the conceit exactly?
1: So for this play, yes. So the conceit is that we are, well, so it's a little unclear. It's part of it yeah. is that we are are listening to a radio broadcast from Cold Lake, but then there's also scenes that seem to not be, like it, like we sort of fade out of the radio. There are and these into interruptions, the, right? Like into the homes of the people who are listening to the radio at the time. And there are a few different plot lines that are introduced. There's a couple of, I think they're sisters who win the lottery, but decide to keep it a secret because they're not sure if they want their lives to change. There's uh, the mayor trying to like keep this town afloat and make it something more than just kind of a forgotten place in the Midwest. Uh, there's an open mic night with a, a poet who is the poet laureate of the town, who I think is mostly there for, for local color. Uh, I'll say that after the first episode, I wasn't quite sure like what was plot threads and what was just like character portraits. Um, listening to subsequent episodes, it becomes a little clearer. The, like the sisters become more important, and the their the men in their lives who go hunting and fishing. Is
2: that the guy who lost his finger? Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, so I it's funny I don't remember which happened to which episode. Mm-hmm. So. So like that becomes a little more of a plot thread, but it's it's definitely uh, I think of all the things we listened to this week, probably the least plot heavy, uh, and much more of like let's get to know these people and their foibles. And the music, by the way, which is like a close harmony bluegrass group, uh, I think is outstanding. The
2: music is yeah, really they good. were
0: great.
1: Yeah, and it's not a musical. The songs don't really like advance the story. It's more like musical interludes between the scenes. But but it's really fun, lovely music.
2: Yeah, I also like the music, at least in the first episode. I guess we should say, so we all watch, or we all listen to the first episode, at least, of all of these. Right. Right. And some of us kind of went beyond it. Um, And the first, the music sort of slowly goes off the rails until they're singing a really gleeful song about cyanide towards the end of the (laughs) first episode. And I love that. Um, I really enjoyed this. I would definitely go back and listen to more of it. I was a little unsure, and you kind of touched on this, what my place was in all of this am I an audience member am I someone from the town am I just happened to be picking this up I guess because of the live audience and the fact that some were direct radio broadcast sort right. of and some are scenes that seem to be in someone's home or in a building where they aren't actively recording does that make sense? Yeah. But like sometimes they make a point that they are on the air of a thing and then sometimes it's just a scene, and I kind of couldn't figure out where my where to orient myself.
0: It felt like the kind of podcast that you have to focus while you're listening to it. Otherwise, you can't follow what's happening. Well, I
1: think that all radio theater is that. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: That's a fair point.
1: But actually, that's an sort of an interesting side question to that is, when you don't have anything to do with your eyes while you listen to a podcast, like, how do you guys approach these? Like, how do you listen to them in a way that you're sure you're actually going to be able to focus and and not let your mind wander off, not fall asleep? Like, I I sometimes listen to news podcasts at bedtime, but if I listen to one of these, like, I'm out, and then I've missed it, and I have to start over.
2: I, I actually play, like, puzzle games and logic games on my phone. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I can do to keep both going at the same time. The best way for
0: me to focus while listening to something is to listen to it while I'm walking or on the subway because I'm actively doing something else. I also listened to several of these on an airplane flying home and back over Thanksgiving. So that was the sort of best circumstances for me. But in my daily life, that's not how I listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. usually listen to podcasts in the context of doing a bunch of other stuff. And so I don't tend to focus a lot of energy on the thing I'm listening to. Right. These and are
1: harder to do the dishes. And yeah. It's so like to. I can have
2: that's it on in, I u- like in, like in I one room cook. and like walk in yeah. and
1: out. Yeah. I'm a lot
0: of like cooking and listening to podcasts yeah. or uh-huh. at the gym and listening to podcasts. So I will say in my regular life, I don't listen to this type of podcast and listening to a whole bunch of them for this, it was very obvious to see why, because I struggle to maintain the plot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And there's also, I find because of that, I really appreciate the sh- the ones that have shorter episodes. Yes. Yeah. Um, like playing on air, which tends to do 10 to 15 minute plays, uh, I find fit into the rhythm of my life a lot easier, whereas the stuff that's more ambitious, I, I almost, sometimes I'll actually like go for a walk just so that I can like, go be in the space mm, to listen yeah. to it. Yeah, I
2: feel like maybe 30, 45 minutes is my cap. I don't know if that's because that coincides with my subway ride to and Probably. from work, you know? but
1: Also, I like to play Pokemon Go while I listen to these because that doesn't take really any like, brain activity. It's separate parts of your brain. Except it yeah. right.
0: drops the volume. Right, that's which annoying. Is annoying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving
2: on. What's next, Liz? Oh, sure. Um, what's I going to do? I'll do playing on air since we just talked about it. So, Playing on Air is a little bit different in that they are highlighting short plays by different playwrights, like you said, about 10 to 15 minutes long, and then they follow them with a short interview with the playwright, at least the ones that I listen to. Sometimes
1: it's with the cast, sometimes with the director. Oh,
2: okay. Both the ones I listened to were with the playwrights. And so, it's a little different in that these aren't plays that are necessarily written to be performed as an audio play. And I think that makes a difference, because the first one I listened to was uh, Kizzy Crams' um, "West of Stupid." West of Stupid, um, that was about a a mother and son who go to Rome, uh, which was kind of her dream, and she has cancer, and it's the two of them relating to each other. And that play, I had a really hard time with as an audio play because I felt like there was a lot in the script that was being unsaid that would have been clear if I was watching two people. And at that point, I was thinking, I don't think this works, I don't think I can deal with the playing on air. And then I listened to Poof, which was a a Lynn Nottage short. And even though that was the same thing, it was written for the stage a while ago, and they brought it on. It didn't have, I don't want to say it didn't have subtext, because that seems mean, but it was a little easier to follow when all you were doing was hearing it. You could hear the implications and the things in the pauses. And it was just a little easier for me to hook into. And I really enjoyed that uh, one.
1: One of the things about Poof that I think lends itself really well to audio play is that there's a special effect in it that I think, uh, what we imagine is far more fantastic than what could possibly done on stage.
2: That's very true. Um,
0: if that's so interesting you guys say that because I found that special effect gave me an impression that this play was like more fantastical less serious but it is actually extremely serious mm-hmm. and so I listened to it once and then listened to the interview that it's hosted by Claudia Catania and after I listened to the interview I realized that I think I would misunderstood the play and i went back and listened to it a second time and was like oh i get it now i understand the seriousness of the subject matter but i think that play also at least the first time didn't work for me as a strictly audio play
1: i mean i'll say i've been listening to playing on air since it launched and the three episodes that we happen to choose to focus on today are not three of my favorites oh really okay well let's
0: say the third one because that was actually my favorite that we listened to okay the Corey thomas waking up because it's a very simple conceit you have two women one from the u.s one from africa it's not identified what country she's in in africa they both have breast cancer and they're telling their individual stories about their experiences of being diagnosed and um what that was like and it's so simple. There's no, you don't have to be in a particular setting or have any particular characteristics about the actors other than the basic setup that one is from Africa and one is from the United States. And so it really worked very, very well for me. And then I thought that interview just really illuminated the whole thing for me. I really liked the interview. I, I like yeah. that they do the interviews at the end. I thought too. the interviews were fantastic. Not surprisingly, that is more a style of podcast <laughs> that I would listen to in my normal life. So, yeah. anyway, David, you've listened to more. What other ones do you like? Well, uh,
1: I mean, recently they did one called The Final Interrogation of Ceausescu's Dog by Warren Light with Ed Asner playing the dog, where again, like, I think that lends itself really well to audio because you don't have to see a Person pretending to be a dog, and Ed Asner has such an expressive voice, and uh, they tend to have—it's funny—they tend to have very famous playwrights and very famous actors, uh, not not exclusively famous playwrights, but um, I just I really uh, appreciate that because it's uh, you know people you don't necessarily get to um, see in the theater all the time. Uh, they did one a few weeks ago by Herb Gardner called "I'm with You, Duke," which had Jerry Stiller uh, and oh, who's the woman in that? It was someone else, wonderful. Oh, Fiona Toybin, who's not someone I'm really familiar with. Also, it was like two people on a park bench. There wasn't a lot of, uh, and there's the third character, but there wasn't a lot of motion or action to it. But again, just like two really like expressive voices with a like a really meaty script for 10 minutes. There was one, I can't, I'm not going to remember the name of it as I like fl- flip through all of these uh, titles, but there was one they did a couple months ago that took place on an airplane, which is like the opposite where it was like, impossible to imagine at stage because uh it was like a giant and a and a tiny person and like there were like part of the joke was that it was you had to imagine these visuals that would be impossible to actually recreate on stage uh but it was just it was like a fun mental exercise hmm. but it, you know even you know it's like a little bit hit or miss this series but but it's more hits than misses and i mm-hmm. i really enjoy it and i i like that for every play by someone who's won a Pulitzer Prize, who I've heard of, who's famous, there are also playwrights I've never heard of that I like and want to hear more about.
0: I would definitely check out this series. First of all, they're short. So you're yeah, investing they're all very like little. 15 minutes. It's and perfect. even if the play is not great, I uniformly enjoyed the interviews afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: I would, I would check that out. If, uh, yeah. If I mean, I think it's just for something. Yeah. It's
1: that. That's an NPR production. We should say that, right? Oh, oh okay.
2: Yeah, that the, these are, that they work best when it's about the words, because these aren't people writing for radio. These are people taking, you know, an already existing something. As much as I'd love to see how they stage things like Poof or, what were you saying where they interview the dog? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, you know what? It started as an NPR show, and it's current incarnation. I'm not sure that it's still officially NPR. Oh, really? NPR in the last year. Divested themselves of a lot of their podcasts. And so a lot <laughs> wow. of them rebranded with like their local radio stations, um, call letters instead of NPR or whatever. So this one, I, I'm noticing it says public radio, but it doesn't actually say national public radio anymore.
0: Hmm. Huh. Anyway. Okay. Well, our next podcast is Life After, which is a project of GE Podcast Theater and Panoply. Folks, have probably heard of the message which was the original podcast that this crew put together written by mac rogers local indie theater playwright there's an interview with mac on max Moo if you're interested in hearing more about his work generally and specifically about the message and he does indeed hint that there's something to come with this project and so life after is it there are, as of today, as of recording, three episodes out. I assume not none of us have listened to the third because I not think yet. that just no. dropped today. So,
1: uh, by the way, I just think it's funny. Like, I know, yes, he's local, but it's funny to think of like a New York playwright as like our local boy. Like,
2: <laughs> he's our guy, <laughs> Mac. But I do think that's the case. Uh, well, no, of course, he course it
1: is. But that's also because we're like we know him on Twitter. We get to yeah. we get to see his shows. But like, he's like Nottage our, is also local, right? Like,
2: yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I know (laughs) Mac
0: Rogers.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Mac Rogers is like our indie theater buddy. who's like yeah. But now he's like a big made it big time. Right, exactly. Local boy done good. Yeah. (laughs) The local boy
0: of Manhattan. (laughs) Although he's from uh North Carolina. Right. Oh, okay. So Greensboro, I believe. Okay, so the conceit of this. Podcast, which is made for radio, so I think that's um, that makes it unique amongst some of the other podcasts that we've been talking about. And this has very high production values. It is sponsored content, essentially from GE, and so they have a very, I'm sure, relative to some of the other podcasts we've talked about, elaborate production budget. And but it's it interesting shows through. That,
1: that the like the sponsorship is not. Explicit. Yeah, no, like it, they don't all. hit you over the head with it. Well, that's mm-hmm. what Mac
0: talked about that in the interview about how, like, it, in the original version of the message, there was actually an element of like working in GE to the solution, and they were like, "No, no, you don't need to do that." <laughs> um. <laughs> okay, so this is about a low-level FBI agent named Ross, and his wife has passed away, and he is struggling to deal with that, and in the course of his life that he the there's a there's a made up social media product in this sh- voice tree voice tree i was going to say voice stream i was like no i think that's an actual thing voice <laughs> tree it's a made up social media platform that is people recording voice messages and broadcasting them to the world and the way he is dealing with his wife's passing is to listen to her records of the voice tree messages over and over and over and over and it's interfering with his life it's interfering with his job his friends are trying to set him up on additional dates and he is not doing well on those dates and then one day in the process of re-listening for you know the nth millionth time to his wife's messages he stumbles across a message that wasn't there before and what he discovers is that and i'm only on episode 2 so i don't i don't really know exactly what's happening but what i've put together is that there is a artificial intelligence version of his dead wife that is processed out of all of her existing social media and so it's like her but she doesn't know everything and so it's really exploring the question of like what happens to our social media public selves after we die and in this case there's sort of like an evil company who has created a fake version of her to extort him for something as of my listening I don't know what that is but But other people have reported it's for money and or for access to the FBI where he works things like that yeah I really enjoyed this like way more than I actually thought I would given my general like an inability to follow along plots (laughs) that are only coming at me through my ears.
2: Yeah. Well, I think you're talking about the production values. They do a really great job with sort of aurally setting the scene, being able to hear the difference between a restaurant and his job and and those sort of indicators that I think help, at least for me, made it easier for me to process it because I'm kind of like I don't listen to long you know multi-episode storytelling I, you know 10 minutes is like my limit but it, the premise is a lot like that episode of black mirror from season two that was one of the best ones that they've done where the where the husband be right back that's what it was I, I don't watch black oh mirror. nobody nobody i probably have seen it but a long time ago yeah um and i thought that was kind of the finest one that black mirror has done and this takes that element where they, they rebuild this woman's dead husband from his social media and and all that, um, but yeah, I I think this one's fantastic. I'm really into it. What do you think, David?
1: Yeah, I love it. Um, I what's interesting. So the message, I be, if I'm remembering correctly, started with very short episodes that got longer each each time. And this one, now that they've sort of built an audience and and we're all on board, just started with full length episodes and. And, and I appreciated that. Like, I, I was ready for it. And
0: Well, the other thing Mac told me was that they did a ton of testing at Panoply and discovered that people actually want longer episodes so they don't have to keep reaching into their pocket and
1: turning oh, interesting. to the next
0: episode so they they found a sweet spot which is about like 25 minutes yeah. which if you notice yeah. like all of these like hover right around that that yeah. length
1: and it's funny like i so that's i mean that's the power of having like a corporate machine behind you is that they yeah. can do <laughs> things like that and, it, and, yeah. right yeah i'm 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 all in on this one i i, I like it it's It's like just the right level of creepy for me. Mm -hmm. Um, When we talk about the other Mac Rogers one we're going to talk about today, that's like maybe a little too creepy for me. (laughs) Um, So, uh, yeah, I don't know that I have much more to say about it, except that it's uh, like I'm excited to see where it goes. And he hinted, I think, on Twitter that like, although this isn't a direct sequel to the message, that it might tie into the message in some sort of subtle way. Mm. So keep my ears open for that. Oh, the other thing that I really like about both of these things that I think Mac does particularly well is that he makes audio central to the story. So like the message is all about a recorded audio message, maybe from outer space. We don't know. This one is about this voice tree audio social media network. Like it's again, it, it, it's It's one of those content dictates form sort of things where this story not only was written for radio, but could only be written for radio. And I think that makes it really strong. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I also will say that the way they set up VoiceTree as this new social media, quick, painless, totally bought it. Yeah. You know, it didn't take long to set up. They do one little commercial for it. You go, oh, right. Of course, this is the natural progression of what we're doing. You can record a 60 second audio message and send it to all your friends. Right.
1: It's like Snapchat for just audio. Snapchat on a bad hair day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. What's next?
1: Uh, I guess we'll talk about Secret Crimes and Audio Tape, uh, which is uh, a show from Wondery. And before we talk about the show specifically, I wasn't familiar with Wondery before this, but they're an interesting podcast network to uh, keep an eye on. They also produce the Found podcast, which some of you may know Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. that launched in conjunction with the musical version of Found And they also have a bunch of partner shows that they don't produce, but that they distribute, including at least one other radio drama anthology for secrets, crimes, and audio tape. This is also an anthology series where they do multi-part stories. And I think we're now onto, I think the one that we're talking about, which is wait, wait, don't kill me. I think is their second story uh, that has been on this show and there've been Two episodes so far, and it is a musical. They bill it as the first podcast original musical. I have no idea if that's true, but Hmm. okay. We'll
0: take them out their way. Yeah. uh,
1: And it's a musical parody, I guess, of Serial. But it's, I feel like parody isn't quite the right word because it's, it, 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 there are times when it's like absolutely parody, like there's a whole MailChimp gag where they, they they do like they make fun actually they do parodies of like all the commercial sponsors of both serial and other popular podcasts but then they also work them into the story in interesting ways two episodes in what seems pretty clear is that the the main idea behind this is that uh sarah koenig created serial to throw people off the track of murder that she committed <laughs> um Lindsay's making a face did you not pick up on that
2: I did not, but I only listened to the first episode. Oh. It, ca- it came in, like, right at the end of the first episode. In the second but... episode,
1: it really kind of hammers that in, that it seems like maybe she was the one who killed Hay, and uh, she's trying to frame Adnan, and that this... Uh, and she didn't... She w- she didn't intend for for the podcast to become a big thing, and didn't intend for it to... Like, didn't intend for her story to become a podcast, didn't intend the podcast to become its own podcast. It's It's... It's a clever conceit. It's honestly, that's what has rescued me from just sort of writing it off as pure parody. Cause if it was just parody, like I didn't need multiple episodes. Like one episode of parody would be more than enough. But the second episode has now taken it in a place where I'm like, okay, I'm like kind of interested to see where this goes. They have her, her ex is the founder of MailChimp. Um, and uh, so that becomes a complication. Um, And she's upset that they are sponsoring the podcast because she doesn't really want the podcast to exist. It's it's it is getting more interesting and more clever. uh, With this is the thing about podcasts is like it's very hard to judge by a first episode. Um, Saying that as someone who's made first episodes, I would never (laughs) want someone to judge my podcast by their first episodes. Um, so I would say that if you're interested in this, at least listen to the second one to see if you're interested in more. It has a, a great cast, a lot of Broadway talent. Leslie Critcher plays Sarah Koenig. Greg Hildreth plays her boyfriend. There's some other familiar names there that I am forgetting. The music is by Alan Schmuckler, who has done some off-Broadway musicals that I've enjoyed.
2: What other musicals has he done? So uh, you on the spot. Well, I
1: know that he wrote um, a bunch of the music and also appeared in Stars of David off-Broadway a couple years ago. Okay. Uh, which was one of those shows that I sort of like rolled my eyes at and then went to see it. I was like, oh, no, this is actually way better than it has any right to be. Uh, (laughs) And I've been paying attention to him ever since. Uh, And it was directed by Kevin Labeson, who was until recently the artistic director of The Pit and uh, is a friend. And he's done some some good stuff. And I don't know. What do you guys think?
2: Well, I don't know how much of an opinion I can have because I'm probably the last person in America who didn't listen to Serial couldn't get into it. So so this probably makes this no was, sense. This was like kind of without... lost on me. I listened to it. I listened to the first episode. It was cute. The songs were fun. It was fine. But I couldn't get invested in it because I feel like I really needed to be, not only be familiar with the source material, but be like a big fan of it to be able to really enjoy Because there were things in the songs and in the script I could tell were sort of winking jokes yeah. to Serial. And I was like, I don't know what that's about. So, so I'm afraid it was... Charming, but pretty much lost on me.
0: I didn't understand what the creators of this podcast had against Sarah Koenig. Like, why? (laughs) Why the anger towards this woman? Who? It seemed to me to be like highly critical of the fact that this ambitious woman had a good idea that was very well executed. I really, I don't get this show at all. I I think it is a parody. I think to be parodied, you must have a critique, and I don't understand the critique.
1: That's, yeah, that's fair.
0: I just, the whole thing made no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah. It just seemed like... Mean, it didn't like make sense to
2: me, but I'm also, I don't know the source we, material.
0: We picked a popular thing to hook our wagon to and hope that by being mean about it, we can also achieve some level of notoriety. So
1: I didn't find it mean, Except that they're accusing her of murder. <laughs> um, but, I, I guess-
0: but the other problem I have, I mean, I do think it's a little, I mean, it's not mean in the like, she sh- she, if she heard it, she would feel bad. It's just unnecessarily snarky about somebody who did something interesting. And it didn't have its own, uh, to me, it wasn't adding any value in the terms of its parody. It, didn't ha- it doesn't have, there, there are critiques to be made of Serial this wasn't making any of them but i will also add that let's not forget that serial is not fiction right a person actually died a person was either rightfully or wrongfully you know convicted of that person's murder and to me like layering on this element of like let's make fun of the creator of the show like it just makes absolutely no sense to me
1: so to me i think the thing that was being parodied is not her but it's actually sort of the like obsession with conspiracy theories and the way that like people are just looking to connect everything whether or not there's actually a connection there i think that's sort of why like oh and then she's dating the founder of mailchimp and like i think i think that that's what they're trying to get at that like this like way that people just want to like make everything into like one big mass conspiracy of interconnected things uh But yeah, like, again, I I see where you're coming from. And I also felt a little uncomfortable with the whole, like, this is real people's lives that we're now turning into something jokey and weird.
0: And the critique that you're talking about, if that is the goal, is a worthy critique to be made. That did not come through to me, hardly at all. The real skewering, I thought, was about Sarah Koenig. Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand why... They thought she was a worthy target. I mean, there are critiques to be made of her as well. They weren't making them, in my opinion.
1: I feel bad that I, uh, I'm i trying to find the name of the person who actually wrote the script, and it's not in the show notes on the episode, and it's not on the website. Well, that and that I didn't we can write, do about I didn't that. write it down when I listened. <laughs> oh, <wow. sighs> Sorry.
2: All right, let's move on to our final show. Last one. Oh, it's uh, Blood Brothers present Dead Air. So, Blood Brothers have done some work in New York Indie Theater. We were just talking before we started recording. They did a a show at The Brick. They do these sort of short, spooky playlets, I guess is the best way to describe it. These tiny little storytelling, creepy things. And I actually had never seen them, but I had heard about it. Um, I think they also did some stuffed with cereals at the flea, though I couldn't find that on their website. I vaguely remember that. So they're doing this podcast called Dead Air, which creates this premise of a radio station somewhere in the middle of nowhere, like these all are, uh, that gets, I don't know if it's packed, taken over, sort of infiltrated by these demons who are going to make their radio hour actors perform short plays to relay the truth to their audience, right? Am I getting – that's pretty much it. That's more it's, than I understood of it's, the yeah, structure,
0: it's, but okay. Yeah, it's a very
2: <laughs> elaborate setup that for me took a little while, and I'm still not 100% sure if that's the right setup because I don't know if the – the, then they perform a short play within it, which uh, say also Mac Rogers worked on this one as well. And I don't know if the short play that was performed in the episode went with the premise of these people forcing these actors to perform plays to spread truth. So I, it felt a little... Did you dis- listen to I, more than one episode? No. This is when I wish I'd listened to a second one. I just didn't have time.
1: Yeah, same. Because I feel like I, I wanted to know if the meta-narrative was going to go somewhere and... and
2: uh, well, it sounds like it does because at the end of the first episode...
1: They kill another person. They kill, they kill
2: someone. <laughs> and then they say that after every story they perform, someone dies.
0: Yes. So, and that is what happens in subsequent episodes. Oh, you've I don't know. To more than one? I don't, yes, I don't know the deeper level of why these people are doing the things they do. No idea. But the, basically they have control of this radio station. They have taken the people who work at this radio station are f- forcing them in each episode to perform a play and at the end of each one someone dies. That that I yeah i'm confident happened <laughs> why they're doing that no idea yeah. but i listened to actually just this morning i was just sort of listening to them on repeat as i mm-hmm. was cleaning my apartment in preparation for this and um the third one is really good the Third one's the one that just came out right no there's four out oh whoops um the third one i recommend which is called episode three <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, that's why I was so confused.
0: <laughs> Sorry, it, it doesn't have a title beyond that. <laughs> but these are the kind of things that you know. I can imagine every Halloween you re-listen to the series because they're so spooky. And there's, yeah, um, they're also the, the production values on these episodes are also quite high. There's in the first episode a person gets bludgeoned, and it's like.
2: Wow, sonically very real. Yeah, I, I will say I know that uh, one half of the Blood Brothers is a sound designer. So, and you you can tell because I think they really do a a great job again setting the scene orally uh, in the first piece, which features a short by Maria McCarthy called "City of Glass." The way they set up that city and the way that it sounds as the wind goes through all these glasses was beautiful and creepy and just very well done and really adds to the story. I thought,
1: yeah, I don't like horror. I don't like violence. So this ah. was like, just like capital, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I appreciated, I appreciated the production values, but, uh, yeah, just, uh, just it, so not my kind of thing that it's hard for me to have more of an opinion than that. Like I, I found myself having to zone out a little bit cause like I didn't want to hear them like beating people and threatening people.
2: Fair enough. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Lindsay. I'm looking, and there are four episodes out. Yeah, yeah. Did you say you liked episode four, which was called episode three, or did no? I, just... I liked
0: episode three, that is called episode three. Okay, I'm just losing my mind. All right, <laughs> Great. or at least I think it's episode three, but it the story, the play that gets performed in that episode is written by one of the characters. So normally, at least the first two episodes seemed to me that the blood brothers had written plays to be performed by the characters. Yeah. Right. And in an effort to save themselves, one of the characters in the production says, well, I wrote a play. And so why don't we perform my play? And that play is, is very simple. It's really a, just a, a two hander, principally a woman who her husband snores And so she does all of these things to try to enable herself to sleep, but then strange things start happening through the white noise headphones that she is listening to, to sleep. And it's just really, I'm going to say it's really basic and I don't mean that in a critique in any way, but it's easy to follow what's happening because a person is just one person is telling you a story there are interjections from the husband but it's clear who he is and what's happening um and so i that was my favorite episode that i listened to and i believe that is episode three yeah cool all right so there are some other play podcast series that we didn't get to do we want to mention a few of those?
1: Yeah, I just want to shout out a couple. One is the Incomparable Radio Theater, which is based in, actually, well, it's funny. I was going to say it's based in Indiana because David Lohr is is very involved in it. I actually don't know if it's based there because I think podcasts can happen remotely and all sorts of stuff. But they do radio theater often in the style of like old radio serials. So if you like that sort of, uh, you know, they have westerns, they have sci-fi, they have Uh, Adventures. Um, So, you know, that's a lot of fun if you like that sort of thing. Uh, The National Yiddish Theatre Folksbina Festival, uh, they're not festival. I don't know why I always say festival with them because of the F. National Yiddish Mm -hmm. Theatre Folksbina has one called Lost and Found, which is a uh, multi act story about that bridges the um, New York of today with the New York of the past through the story of. Uh, a young woman who is a singer-songwriter who is descended from uh, performers in the Yiddish theater that's also got some pretty high production values and has some music in it. Uh, A little bit of a ghost story, but not not in the creepy horror kind of way. Mm -hmm.
0: So I'll mention a few that I literally have not listened to, but that were pointed out to us on Twitter. One is called Terms. What happens when the transition of power is less than peaceful? Described as an audio West Wing about stopping a scary president elect sounds horrifying. In oh, context. I listened to
1: the first episode of that. That's also from that's from one of the companies that put out one of the ones we're listening to. Maybe Wondery. I think there's a preview for that on the second episode of Wait Wait Don't Kill Me. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, that's also it's that's sort of a a thriller. Um, intrigue filled thing that i I, thank you for mentioning that because i actually want to go find the second episode
0: well after i finish these i'll thank the person who brought these to our attention on twitter (laughs) because it's not the result of my research um also the homecoming which is a scripted series from gimlet media starring katherine keener oscar isaac and david schwimmer that's interesting apparently real life movie and TV stars are getting in, into the scene, the podcast scene. And Well, finally, I mean,
1: the, the Lynn Nottage play we listened to was Otter McDonald and Tanya Pinkins. Like, Yeah, but those you know, are
0: theater actors. I know they've appeared <laughs> elsewhere,
1: but. Oscar Isaac is a theater actor.
2: Wow, well, Yes, but he's but also lost in him to, Star Wars. Yeah, we lost him
1: to Star Wars. He's never <laughs> coming back. Isn't he doing Hamlet this year? Well, Well, TBD, TBD. Okay,
0: and uh, one more. The Cleansed, which is a post-apocalyptic podcast saga set in rural Maine 15 years after the collapse of society. Equal parts Mad Max and The Strand. So thank you to the Mr. Reynolds on Twitter, who is the founder and CEO of Spoke Media and connected to the Terms podcast. So he recommended all those other podcasts.
2: So shout out to him. Now, do either of y'all know anything? Because I don't. A Friend just recommended it to me uh, the black tapes. Nope. Which is supposed to be another spooky thing with the... It sounds like a podcast and a podcast the way the message is. that's about um, a ghost hunter and a doctor who have to unlock the secret of a big set of VHS tapes, which sounds silly, but my friend has assured me it is very scary.
0: Okay, now we should all talk about what non theater, or I was going to say non theater, no actual in live performance theater that we have coming up. Liz, you have your own show coming I up. I do.
2: Well, first this week I'm going to go see Private Manning Goes to Washington, which you mm-hmm. talked about in the preview episode. And I'm going to go see Rancho Viejo at uh, Playwrights. And. On Wednesday, so when this episode comes out, Wednesday night, I'm going to be at the People's Improv Theater doing my podcast bloody date night which uh david doesn't like horror but that's what it's about um
1: i try i try really hard to listen to bloody date night and i can okay. get about once a quarter <laughs>
2: that's fair so that's what fair. is your live show going to be we are so the premise of the show is my boyfriend who is a huge horror nerd and i i don't watch any of them so we watch a horror movie separately right and we come together to talk about it for the very first time so we will be doing the homosexual classic Nightmare on Elm Street 2. So what's the live version? Just you two talking
0: about we it or do you watch it and we then are talk going about to, it? No, we
2: won't be watching the whole thing, but we are bringing in some clips. We'll uh, have some audio. We'll have some, some stuff. We'll be down in the basement of the pit at 830 on Wednesday. Cool.
1: Um, I have Tickets to See Dear Evan Hansen on Broadway, which I'm very excited to revisit from Fine. off Broadway. And on Monday, the 19th, I am so excited for the Kapawi Gogo Holiday Special at the Pit, oh, right. which is all new Kapawi Gogo adventures. Um, also, although well, I've already seen it, I didn't talk about it in my last episode here. So I just want to give a shout out to the band's visit at the Atlantic, which I saw yesterday. And Uh, I'm glad I saw it and I think you should too
0: it's good? yeah oh cool and I just want to mention friend of the pod Kev Barry who was on our uh, oh I need to get tickets to him (laughs) (laughs) he was on the Taylor Mac episode he has his own show coming up called Nora Goes to Space Motherfucker at Three-Legged Dog and those performances start December 7th go through the 19th tickets are $25 I plan to
2: see that. Sounds like David does as well. Yeah, let's coordinate. Okay. I uh, I saw it when he was sort of test running it. Okay, I've seen and it at workshop. Yeah, and it's a lot of fun. Cool. It's crazy. It's dirty. Not, maybe not physically dirty. It's just it's like grimy, but like fun grimy. Yeah. And I well, think I know he's been dieting a, for six months. So. Yeah, you'll, <laughs> you'll have a good time.
0: Okay. Uh, anything else? Oh, I know. So we're going to, next week after this, record our year-end episode. We are still taking listener questions. So if you have any questions for any of the regular contributors... Throw us
1: some softballs.
0: Please send them our (laughs) way. Ask anything softball or as intrusive as you want to be. And uh, we will answer those in our two-part series. First part out... Next week.
2: Whoa. Week after Oh my next, God. Not, after yeah. you hear this.
0: Yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks, guys. This is thanks. One. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of the Maxmo Theater and Performance Podcast. If you have questions, comments, or opinions that differ from our own, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter Maximu is at Maximu. David is at It's D Lovey. Liz is at Miss Liz Richards. And I'm at Lindsay Barron's. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, we have merch. You can buy coffee mugs, tote bags, and stickers with your favorite Maximu isms on them. You can get to the store via maximu.com. All proceeds go to helping the podcast improve our sound quality. We'll see you next week with the beginning of our year-end podcast. Don't forget to send us your questions. We'll see you then. Theatrical media.